0: Hey! Welcome to the LifeHouse Newport News Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring life change through Christ to all people, and we believe that happens when people say yes to Jesus, do life together, get in the game, and leave a legacy. If this podcast inspires and challenges you to grow in your faith, subscribe to ensure you don't miss a single episode, and share it with someone you know who may need it too. Again, thank you for joining us today. Now, let's get to this week's episode.
1: Are finishing up our series pray like Jesus and the final part uh, which I started last Sunday and this was actually a two part sermon called Prayer is diverse Prayer is diverse because sometimes i don't think we really understand or truly see how diverse prayer is and what you see in jesus 's life is Jesus just did not have a prayer life you know how some Christians are like how 's your prayer life you know and and then we can sometimes compartmentalize prayer from our just regular, normal Jesus following. But one of the things you see in Jesus' life, he did not have a prayer life. He had a lifestyle of prayer. He had times of dedicated prayer, but throughout his life, it was like if his life was one continual prayer. And that is what the heart behind this whole prayer is, is, is diverse two-part series is, is I want to help you see how diverse prayer is so you can actually not just have a good prayer life, but have a lifestyle of prayer. You know, one thing that Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 7, 17, that on the surface sounds really, really weird, he says, never stop, right, that's, that is the verse. So congratulations, you just learned a scripture today. 1 Thessalonians five seventeen. what it actually says is never stop praying. Some other translations say, like, pray without ceasing or cease not in praying. But what Paul was saying here, he was saying you can actually live a life where you never stop praying. But I don't think you will actually live a life where you can never stop praying or have a lifestyle of prayer if you don't understand and see how diverse prayer is. And what we talked about last week, what can hinder us from seeing how diverse prayer is is our personal experience, how Where? sometimes, maybe depending on how you grew up, what kind of, what kind of religious background you had, or your church ex- experience can sometimes hinder you saying prayer from being diverse. I grew up in, in a Pentecostal church. And if anyone else here grew up in a Pentecostal church, prayers were long, loud, public, and all over the place. And it was like prayers were good if they were loud and boisterous and long. And that's how when I heard somebody talking, you know, when I heard someone praying quietly or privately or reserved, I'd almost have this judgmental spirit. Like, oh, they just haven't really gotten into what prayer is. Right? You know, but, but, the, you know, but the thing is, I was actually missing beauty in the both. And now we can be what? Either or be worse. We can think, well, because it's not my style, their style must be wrong. And when you actually look at prayer in Scripture, it's not either or, it's both and. And, we're, and throughout this, this, uh, you know, this sermon series, but specifically these, this message, we've been focusing on beauty and the both. And last week I gave you six ways prayer is not either or, it's both and. The first one was this, spoken and unspoken. Prayer is long and short. Prayer is formal and and informal. Prayer is public and private. Praying, prayer is praying for people you don't like and praying for people you do like. And prayer is joyful and sad. I gave you six last week, and today I want to give you five more ways that prayer is diverse, and we're going to put a bow on this series, Pray Like Jesus. Are you ready? If so, say, I'm ready. All right, let's get it. Prayer is a monologue and a dialogue. We can sometimes view prayer as, as just like it is, it is this time that we set aside, and we, it's this one-sided conversation with God where we yell at him, we cry to him, we, we kind of just, it's the, I just need this, I want that. God, I need a new house, I need a new car, I need a new spouse. <laughs> I, you know, it's like, you, you know, it's just like needs. And once, and it's just this one-way conversation, but what you are missing when you make prayer, simply that monologue is you miss the power that prayer is actually a dialogue too. It's not just what you say to him, it's what he speaks back to you. But I think because we struggle to sometimes gauge, is God speaking to me? Like, have you ever been in that situation where you're like, is that God or is that bad pizza I had last night? Like, is that God speaking to me or is that my flesh? Is that God speaking to me or is that I'm just angry, right? And, and so really, and I think that's a great question that we have got to almost develop a system of questions to filter whether something is God speaking to us or whether it is something that we are just conjuring up in ourself. And what I wanna do is give you five questions really quick to really gauge if what you are feeling and sensing and you're asking, as you're seeing prayer as a dialogue, you can nail down, is this me or is this God? The first question is, or the, 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 yes, the first question, which is not a question on here, it's actually a statement, but I'm gonna give it to you as a form of a question, is will whatever you're thinking about doing, will it make you more like Jesus? Because ultimately, God's will, because I'm like, how many of us here are like, what is God's will? I just wish God would write it with a pen in the sky. I wish a bumper sticker would just tell me. Like, we want to know God's will, and I think we miss the fact of God's ultimate will for your life is for you to become like Jesus. We can sometimes turn God's will into a when, a how, a where, when God's ultimate will for you is a who. God's will for you, is it me? Put it through the filter of, is what I say, is what I will do, is what I will, whatever. Is it going to form and shape me to be more like Jesus? That is the first question. The second question is, so what does scripture say? Like, this book, this Bible, we don't believe is just good advice. We don't believe that it is just written by People, we believe it is written by people that were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. That when, throughout a period of 1,500 years, 40-some different authors put together 66 books with one God, one common theme, one, one story to show us and share with us who God is, what God's like, what God requires, and what God has for you. We believe that these are not just words. These are words inspired by God. And let me tell you this, God will never speak to you something that contradicts this. He will never do it. So someone can say, I feel the spirit of God. That could be bad pizza if it contradicts this. And that is, is where, with whatever you're thinking through, wrestling through, will it make me like Jesus? And what does Scripture have to say about it? But thirdly, what does wisdom say? You know, God's given you a brain to use. And I think sometimes as Christians, we throw our brains out the window. And it's like sometimes God will speak to you through wisdom. And typically wisdom comes through people that God will put into your life. And that is why I think it's important for you to really examine who is in your circle that you are garnering and getting wisdom from. Because if we're completely candid, a lot of us put people around us that will tell us what we want to say instead of what we need to hear. Should have bought a Honda, right? Like we have got to really see as the people around you, are they giving you godly wisdom or are they giving you devil's folly? Like, are they giving you wisdom? Because some of the things, like God will speak to you through people. And here's the thing, right? There are people that have gone through what you are wrestling through right now and your answered prayer for direction from God is on the other side of a conversation with someone that's walked through what you're wrestling through. And that is what the church is for, y'all. and that's why, if, if someone comes to me and they're like, John, I'm walking through this, I'm walking through a death in the family, a divorce, most of the time, I will say, I don't, I'm probably not the best person to help you, but I know someone. There's power in community. Why? Because we have different experiences, we have different stories, we have different battles that we have fought. And the thing is this whenever we can actually Say, like, okay, I'm walking through this. Who has been through this, and what did they learn, and what did God show them? That is typically who and what we need to be speaking to that will actually act as God speaking to you. Because God will use people to speak to you. What will Will this make me like Jesus? What does Scripture say? What does wisdom say? Fourthly, what does that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit say? See, the thing is this, guys. There's so much noise going on, we can't even hear God. I mean, just think of the thousands of things going into our brains every day, especially if you're scrolling on social. If you're scrolling on social and then you've got the news on, and then you've got your work, your rest, I mean, y'all, like how hard is it to actually just calm down, get quiet, listen to, what is that still small voice of the Holy Spirit saying to you? And typically we've got to turn the noise down and have a new place and a new pace to actually hear what is the Holy Spirit telling me to do. You got to turn the volume down. But fifthly, and I don't even know if that's the right way of saying it, fifth, fifthly, um, does it seem good? Does it seem good? I want you to picture this. The, the church is brand new. I mean, think 2,000 years back. You've got this brand new church. Jesus dies, he resurrects, he comes back, and he says, hey, I'm going. To, uh, to heaven to sit to sit by my father, but I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to be with you. So the church is born, and then the, the, the early church thought that only Jews were going to become Christians. But once the gospel started to be preached, they actually had these Greek people started to follow Christ, that all of these Jewish leaders, Christian leaders, they were perplexed because they're like, these weird Greek people are starting to follow Jesus. And they said, we don't know what to do with them. They're strange. Their culture's different. They eat meat. They, like God, different gods, like, they are so confused on what to do. So what do good church people do? They call meetings. So the, so the thing is this, right, the early church, and we can actually see it, Acts chapter 15, the church calls a council and says, we don't know what to do with these Greek people. And all of these church leaders come together, and these are like ballers in the faith. These is like Paul, Peter, James, John, the, the apostles, and all the other leaders came together, and they were essentially saying, we don't know what to do. And the thing is, is this our scripture records, they talked, they, they debated, they prayed, they asked the Holy Spirit. And then Acts 15:28 actually says this, that once they got a decision made, they said this, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to give these two requirements to these Greek Christians. I find it intriguing that these ballers of the faith did not know what to do. And after they debated, after they sought scripture, after they sought wisdom, they sought counsel, they sought the voice of the Holy Spirit, they said, it seems good to us. You know what seems means? I think this is what we're, I'm not 100% sure, but I think this is what we're supposed to do. A lot of your life is going to have to be seems good moments. It's not always going to, not every step of your life is going to be perfectly penned out, perfectly deciphered, perfectly clear for you. It's not always going to be on a bumper sticker. It's not always going to be written in the clouds for you. It's going to be you putting together these five questions. Scripture, is it going to make me more like Jesus? Wisdom, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Does it seem good? And then you're going to have to decide. That's going to be a lot of what hearing God looks like. And when you are in a dialogue, you have to put it through it. Is this you or is this God? Was that helpful? I hope so. Okay. Secondly, though, prayer is not just a monologue and a dialogue. Prayer is reactive and prayer is proactive. Prayer is reactive and proactive, meaning this. Whenever you have prayer sometimes, prayer is responding to what life throws at you that you did not see coming. When you are reactive, you're basically saying, I didn't see this coming, so what I am doing is in reaction to what I did not anticipate. And y'all, life is filled with these moments where things are going to happen People are going to die, people are going to go crazy, your kids are going to do something at your job, like the possibilities are completely endless, right? And here's the thing, whenever we can't control what happens to us, that is when we, we typically slide, but worry, anxiety, fear, and, and the thing is this, right, you've got to know as a follower of Jesus Christ, prayer can be reactive, I want to show you this, Luke chapter 12. Jesus is training his disciples and, and he's got the crowds there with him. And what Jesus is doing is he is preparing his, his disciples for when they are gonna encounter pr- persecution. Jesus trained his disciples. So Jesus did not say, hey, you're following me, just kind of pick it up and you'll figure it out. He was purposely, proactively training them. And one of the things he was doing here is he was actually getting them to think about, to, to prepare for when they were going to be persecuted. Let's, let's, let's check out this conversation that Jesus was doing in this training session here. He says, and when you, when he's speaking of disciples, when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry. Everyone say, don't worry. Don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. I love this fact of Jesus is essentially telling his disciples, you will encounter things that you won't know how to do. But know when you encounter those moments and those times, don't worry why you will have the gift and person of the Holy Spirit with you, in you, that will do what? Teach you. What to say, how to say it, when to say it, what to do in that moment. Y'all, I'm telling you, some of y'all are ruled by anxiety and worry and fear. And the reason is, is because you are so controlled by what you can't control. And you're saying, how am I going to react when something happens that I don't see coming? And I want to remind you today, you've been given the Holy Spirit who is God to be with you and dwell in you. And what Jesus is saying here, the Holy Spirit will teach you what to do when you don't know what to do. And you need to be, y'all, in this season of trying to have a church in a pandemic, where people are all over the place, anything we do, someone's going to be mad at, like all over the place. And I have finally come to terms, like there is just a lot of things I don't know how to do. And that used to really stress me out, and it still kind of does, but what I've been learning to do in this season is to say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but you do. So I need to invite you into what I don't know how to do because you promised to teach me what to do. And some of you right now are in that same situation. There are things you don't know how to do. There are things you don't know how to lead. There are things you don't know how to teach. There are things, there are kids you don't know how to parent. There are situations in your job you don't know how to lead through and think through. But I'm telling you, invite the Holy Spirit, invite the Lord into what you don't know how to do knowing he knows what you do and invite him in and have him teach you what to do prayer is reactive but prayer is also proactive meaning there are going to be things that you are going to as a follower of christ see that god is going to put a burden on your heart to proactively pray for those things I think about Jesus whenever he was talking with Peter at the Last Supper. And Peter actually has a conversation, and Jesus actually has a conversation after they go through the whole communion thing. Jesus has a conversation with Peter, and this is what the conversation is. Jesus says, Hey, Simon, Simon, essentially saying, Peter, Satan has asked to sift each of you. Like we, So basically what he's saying here is it's like, Peter, Satan wants to take you guys over. But then Jesus says this, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. I love the fact that Jesus saw Peter's propensity to fail, and what did Jesus do? He prayed for him. And then it says, so when you, and, and then, and Jesus goes on, so when you have repented, and turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said, Lord, this is so Peter. Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you, even die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. I mean, just imagine if Jesus was like, bro, you, I know you got a lot of vigor, but you're gonna fail me. <laughs> but Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And we know this is what happened. That's what scripture says. But I love the fact that Jesus saw the propensity that Peter would fail and started to proactively pray for him. And there are things in your life, in your family, in your job, in your sphere of life that the Lord is going to reveal to you. Not so you can gossip, not so you can stir up trouble, but so you can start proactively praying for things you see. I think about, personally, I've got three boys, Jackson, Judah, and Dallas, and they're nine, he's about turned 10, nine, seven, and five. And being their dad, I can already see proclivities in them towards harmful things. So do you know what I have started to do? Pray for them. Like my son Jackson loves to win. He, will want, he wants to win at all costs. And when he doesn't win, he gets angry. He gets irritable. And I'm already seeing like, oh, okay, okay. I see what's going on. And I'm saying, Lord, I thank you that my son loves to win. I thank you he, he has a heart to be excellent and to do things well. But I pray you protect his mind, his heart, and, and spirit. So he would not define his worth by what he wins. He would define his worth by who he is in you. I'm starting to proactively pray against propensities that I see in him to fail towards that. My son, Judah, he's so self-conscious. He's seven years old, and he's already looking at himself in, in the mirror, his muscles. He's got this cute birthmark on his face here. That's the cutest thing ever. But he has said stuff like, no girl was going to like me with this. Seven years old. Self-conscious about his body. Self-conscious about who he is. And... I'm already praying, like, God, protect his mind, his heart, and spirit from defining his worth by what the culture deems as being valuable, and let him start to see himself the way that you see him. My son Dallas is a hard-headed charmer. I mean, he's, he's, don't need any help. Get away from me. I can do it. But he's got this, like, cuteness to him. He just smiles. Thinks he's going to get everything because he smiles. He's got this, like, he's even started to wink. Like, he'll smile and then he'll wink. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray he would use that, that bullheaded spirit and that charm to spread the gospel and follow the gospel instead of trying to get women. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm praying. Like, I'm, I'm like, Lord. Channel it, hone it on you. I can see their proclivities of where they might go. So what am I doing as a parent? I am proactively praying for them. And you're gonna, and parents, you're going to notice things in your kids. You need to proactively pray. At your job, you're going to have people that you oversee, you're going to have to proactively pray. In your social context, you're going to feel and see things going on. God, and prayer is proactive. Thirdly, prayer is individual and corporate you know we always typically think about prayer as like just between us and God but actually when you see in scripture prayer is communal prayer has a very communal corporate aspect to it pastors we always joke we're like man all we got to do to get people to show up is just give out shirts have some bounce houses and have some food trucks and we can have 800 people there but if we say hey church we're going to have a prayer we're going to have a prayer gathering we're going to have about 8 people <laughs> and i don't say that to shame guilt i just say that to say why does it why why is that and really i think if we're candid that that shows where the affections of our hearts lie and really too as i'm thinking about lifehouse church and we're thinking about what we want to do in, in the future and how we want to see a c- city transformed, how we want to see people's hearts transformed, how we just don't want to be a church here of, like we just don't want to be a, just some church in, in a theater that puts on cool Sunday gatherings, that, that, that uh, has a couple groups going on. We want to be a church that sees a city and region transformed. And whenever you study when God moved in incredible ways in cities and regions, the Genesis was always a prayer meeting. Always. The Genesis was always a group of people coming together and crying out to God and saying, God, we need you. We love you. We want to see you move in this city. And y'all, what I pray for this church, and and here's the thing, what we've told you multiple times, is with Life House. we are putting a an emphasis on prayer this year where kind of the first three years of our church we were very active, busy and we're going to continue to do that as much as we can but at the same time we said Lord, we want to be just as busy in praying than we are busy in doing stuff in our community because it's not either or, it's got to be both and. So that's why we said we're going to bring on a prayer director part time. We're going to we're we're going to have 14 days of prayer and fasting. And what we're actually starting soon is two weekly corporate prayer gatherings. Where? Go ahead and put that up. We are going going to have one on Zoom and we're gonna have one in in person based on your comfort level. But the first one is gonna be Mondays at noon on Zoom. And the second one is is going to be Wednes is is going to be Wednesdays from 6 PM to 7 p.m. at City Life Church. And what we want to challenge, challenge you to do is to come and be a part of one of those corporate prayer gatherings weekly. Because the thing is this, right? You might say, But John, I don't know how to pray. And and here's the thing, right? If I would probably be scared, too, if I was like, we're having a corporate prayer gathering come out. Because, honestly, I would be that guy thinking, like, man, they're going to call me out. They're going to be like, hey, hello, Jimmy. Welcome. This is your first time here. Would you please pray publicly for us? Be like, nah. Right? Like, you know, here's the thing, y'all. There's going to be no pressure. We're not going to say, hey, welcome to the group. You can start praying now. Here's the thing. If you don't know how to pray, a perfect step for you would be to go to a corporate prayer gathering. Why? Because you're with people who probably know how to pray. And one of the best ways to learn how to pray is to be with people who do know how to pray. Where you can say, okay, that's what you say to say. And then two, it gives you a safe place to grow in what it means to pray. And y'all too, here's here's, here's the thing, right? Some of you are like Zoom. Can you really have a prayer Zoom? Yes, y'all, there are some powerful times of prayer on Zoom. We've done it we've seen it, if that is the best time for you, if that works out the best, if you just want to join on, mute yourself, not be on camera, and just kind of just be on, you're welcome to do that. Here's the, here's the thing, we want to present opportunities for us corporately to get together and cry out to God. We can even see how the church was born came from a prayer meeting. We, we, we can see Acts chapter two, Acts is the book of the Bible that tells us the story of how the church began and how the church started after Jesus rose and you can actually see Jesus told him hey I'm leaving I'm sending you the Holy Spirit you all stay here until the Holy the Holy Spirit comes and we see Acts chapter 2 the Holy Spirit descends and the church is born we can see Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 4 it says it's on the day of Pentecost all the believers were meeting together in one place everyone say one place Move of God as the church started with a prayer gathering. The moves of God since have started with a prayer gathering. I'm praying that as Lifehouse Newport News, that as the same passion we have about having fun, y'all, we're always going to be a church that has fun because I like fun. I like blow up games. I like you know food trucks. We're gonna have Jersey Sundays. We're we're gonna do that. But I'm saying, as passionate as we are about having fun, can we be just as passionate about being a people? who not just prays individually, but comes together. When we say there's a prayer meeting, like, hey, let's find a way to get there. Amen? Prayer is corporate, and prayer is also individual. Fourthly, prayer is vertical and horizontal. Prayer is vertical and horizontal. Right, prayer definitely has this, 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 whole like vertical nature to it where your relationship with God grows but what I want us to see here is prayer also has a horizontal nature to it meaning that what God does in you here God wants to do through you here and here's here's kind of the concept with this if you need to be reminded of this let me remind you as a follower of Christ, you are the hands and the feet and the representation of who God is and what God's like to the context you put yourself in for the rest of your life. One of the things, personally, I'll just be candid with you, that people will always have me do because they know that I am a pastor, is they, when I, whenever I go somewhere, hey, pastor, can you pray for us? Can you pray over the food? I'm like, y'all, were are Christians. Y'all gonna pray the same prayer you can pray for your food. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but it's just like sometimes I can have this. What makes my prayer most special? Like why is Pastor John's prayer over the food going to help us be safer than someone else's prayer? But, but honestly, right, I fought that, and it kind of got, uh, you know, uh, 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 annoying at times. But then too, though, whenever I started to think of John, the reason they're saying that to you is because they see you as being the representation of Jesus here. And what that did is it kind of like switched the way that I think. It's like, John, instead of being annoyed by it, you should be honored by it. And then, too, I think sometimes we can feel the same way if people know that you are a Christ follower at your job, in your family, whatever. Because they can have different expectations for you, right? And when they see you doing so, oh, yeah, you're supposed to be a Christian, right you would see it as, but honestly what what my prayer is is that you would not see that as a burden but you would see it as a calling that as you build a relationship with God in prayer here you see he wants to use you around here cuz y'all there are god moments waiting on you every single day and you will not act on them if you don't see them my prayer is that we would be become first class noticers that we would be people that see and I mean here's the thing right in Jesus' life you can see Jesus it it, it's, it's, it says he saw the crowds and had compassion on them and it led him to act and I think sometimes we don't see the God moments because we don't see I mean think about how many times man like we're in line or something like that and I've been guilty this many times I'm just on my phone wasting my life right <laughs> Scrolling, scrolling my life away. But what if you actually said, I wanna be engaged in the moment that I am currently in and say, God, how do you want to use me in this moment, in this time? And you know what I have seen to be one of the most powerful questions to actually, to actually do that is a simple question of saying, is there anything that you need prayer for? It's amazing how that question can open up the door for God moments is, is is there anything that you need prayer for I remember Isaiah and I we were we were at first uh at first watch which is like one of my favorite places anyone else here first watch fans a couple people okay all right um anyway though we w- we were there and, and you, know, you know and there was was someone serving us and 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 she brought our food out, and one of the first things we just asked is, it was just like, you know what, we're, you know, was it was just like we're going to be praying anyway, so we just kind of asked her, as she, you know, as she was putting the food down, we just said, hey, is there anything that that you need prayer for? We're going to pray over the food, and just want to know, is there anything that you need prayer for? And, and it <laughs> it was like opening the floodgates of heaven. Right after that, it was like she poured out her whole life story to us got a son i'm really worried about him he's just you know he's getting in trouble and i mean it was just like all of the stuff that was welling inside of her that was just like waiting to come out she just poured out on us whenever she just had somebody simply ask her is there a way i can pray for you and you all if if you want an easy like give it a try challenge i challenge you this week to ask one person in your sphere of context In your sphere of life, this one simple question, is there anything that you need prayer for? For some of you, that could start with your wife or your husband. Like, just start there. You don't even have to start with a stranger server. Just start with your spouse. Maybe start with your parents. Start with your kids. But then, too, maybe if you, you know, you already got that down, you know, like, Maybe ask someone if you go to the doctor, ask your doctor. Like, it, it is amazing. Cause honestly, stats say 90% of people like pray in some way, shape, or form in the United States. So whenever you ask them if there's something the the they need prayer for, typically what they will respond with will will help you know what the next step should be. And what what who do you have with you? The Holy Spirit. What will the Holy Spirit do? teach you what to say but we can be so scared of failure we don't even try what if i ask to pray and i pray and it's a terrible prayer okay i stutter in my prayers jesus still hears me people still hears me that's that, that's what i i tell people i'm like you got no excuse i stutter just do it <laughs> but honestly you aren't trying to be like jesus you're training to be like him and part of training involves failure. Are you kidding me? If you reached out and you try and you asked somebody if they need prayer, do you think Jesus is gonna be like, "Yeah, you didn't say it. Say that right." No, Jesus is gonna be like a dad that's like, "I'm so proud of you for even trying. Learn, and do it again." Y'all, do, do you guys see my heart here? Prayer is vertical, but then it's also horizontal. In the fact of you prayed it, but then He wants to use you for those situations and those people around you. fifthly, (laughs) Uh, Fifthly, prayer is to know God and to know yourself. I think we can most of the time view prayer as like it's a way for you to know God, which is definitely true. But prayer is not just for you to know God. What you'll find as you spend time with the Lord in prayer, you'll get to know you. And I don't know about you, the more I get to know me, it can be scary. Anybody else there? When you spend time with the Lord in prayer and the Lord starts starts highlighting words you've said the lord starts highlighting tendencies in your life cycles in your life the lord starts showing you how you acted and what you said to to, to that person you said from a place in your heart of anger What you will find is when you set aside time to spend with the Lord in prayer and you actually let the Lord into those confused, hurting, and broken places into your life, you will see God like you have never seen him before, but you will also see yourself like you've never seen you before. And what you will find, let me tell you, as you go through this, let me tell you what I have found as I have gone through this process of spending time with the Lord in prayer and you start to see God for who God is and then you start to see who you are in comparison to God, and you're like, I'm terrible. What, what, what you will find is you will find beauty and brokenness. You will find some beauty and some brokenness, where you will see in your life how broken you are, but also you will see how beautiful the Lord is and what he offers you and what he gives you in Jesus. I love how you see Paul who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. And Paul, most of of what he wrote is like, we are children of God. Look at the spiritual inheritance you have. And he's trying to remind these churches he planted of who they are in Christ. You've got Paul saying this stuff, you're a child of God, but then he's also saying, hey, just to let everyone know, I'm the chief of sinners. It was like he had this like, this both and of how broken he was, but how beautiful he was because of Jesus. And as you press in and spend time with the Lord, in prayer, what you will see is your brokenness, but also too, the beauty of what God gives you. I love what David prayed. He said this, God, search me. What a great prayer. How many of y'all would be scared to do that? Like, hey, God, search me. Any volunteers? <laughs> Y'all really quiet today. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and my anxious thoughts. Point, I mean, what a prayer. Point out anything. Everyone say anything. Anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. What if you did that? And see yourself, Lord, the Holy Spirit time to speak to you. You would see yourself, the brokenness, but you would also see the beauty of what the Lord offers you and gives you in Christ and what you have full access to. Here's the the thing, you are fully known and fully loved by God. We we say that here at Lifehouse. Why? Because we want you to know when you come to the Lord, you can be authentically, 100% bring everything you've got, the good, bad, and the ugly, because God already knows it. But when you bring it, you are fully known and you are fully loved at the same time. And when you come to the, when you come to the Lord, he'll take you as you are, but he loves you enough not to keep you there. And he will challenge you, he will comfort you, he will convict you, but he will be a good father to you that will say, I just don't want to keep you where you are. I want to see you transformed into my image. You are fully known and fully loved. Y'all, prayer isn't just to know God. Prayer is to also know yourself. Can we all stand up?
0: Thank you again for joining us today. If you need prayer, have any questions about what you just heard or said yes to Jesus for the first, second, or third time today, please reach out to us at LifeHouseNN.com or text 757-690-2401. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you and help guide you through the next steps in your faith journey. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us online next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at LifeHouseOnline.com or in person for a live worship service at 8.30 a.m. or 10.15 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Theater in Newport News, Virginia. Visit LifeHouseNN.com for more information or to reserve your live worship service spot today.